Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. We have been truly spoiled, I would say, in 2019 with being able to do episodes in person together, which doesn't happen that often. But when I was in L.A. for Golden Globes, we got to... I guess actually, no, we didn't record together, actually, <laughs> even though we were there. But we were in the same place and got to talk about it. And now Julie's in New York, so we are in the same room recording, which is also extremely special. I know. I told Josh that I feel like his his like mistress or something. We've been meeting <laughs> up in these like hotel lobbies on each coast. It feels very clandestine. Very clandestine. A lot of secrecy. But... We are now in the studio together to talk about all things royals that we haven't discussed over the past few weeks. Uh, We put out a request for any DMs of questions or comments people had, and we were flooded with responses. So we'll also get into all of your guys' great comments. Talk about being blessed by just being in the same place. I feel like we've gotten a lot of amazing royal outings and sightings to discuss already. 16 days into the new year, right? Would you ever have imagined that Kate Middleton would have like hosted an outdoor party? Yeah, the fact that I think that was in our vision board for 2019, like Kate Middleton should host some sort of outdoor pizza party as like a fun, whimsical idea. And then it actually happened. And Megan sitting down with like a bunch of dogs and like a shelter somewhere. It's like all these things seem like they're divine from the in the limelight. Um, I don't know, fortune teller ball, crystal ball. So yeah, let's start with the pizza party, right? Right. So Kate visited the King Henry's Walk Garden in the London borough of Islington on Tuesday. She joined a bunch of kids to make pizzas that would be cooked in an outdoor oven. This was a little confusing to me because I did look up the weather and it was about 50 degrees. So it wasn't a comfortable outdoor I'm glad you had that same. That was one of my first thoughts too because I was thinking this wasn't exactly taking place in Malibu or like, you know, like an outdoor oven in London. Something wasn't quite connecting for me there. But I guess the purpose of the group was to, um, it's a nonprofit. It tries to bring all these kids into outdoor activities, I guess, even if it requires them to bring apart. So, <laughs> looks like they had fun though. So, what a, what a pitch that just was for the organization. So, they took some amazing video footage, one of which is Kate's at a table with about six other. I would say, how old do you think these kids are? They look to me maybe, God, I'm so bad at estimating this sort of thing, five or six years old. But they were very precocious, at least in some of the videos I saw. Right. I'd say eight. I'd say six to eight. Seven or eight. Okay, maybe that makes more sense. So they were outdoors in this brisk weather, rolling out. They each had their own pizza dough square. And Kate, I've never seen her so invested in an activity, right? It was like she was really enjoying Mm -hmm. herself. She was turned up, I'd say, to like level 10 on like audience engagement. She was really trying to interact with these kids. And I like that she talks to the kids. I feel there's so many different approaches for, at least I'm speaking fully from my own experience here, when you're meeting like kids in that age range of how much you talk to them like kids versus how much you talk to them like adults. And I appreciated that she talks to them very almost formally like there's not a lot of baby you know what i mean right she doesn't condescend or talk down to them in any way it's all very um 
adult conversation, which I, which is somehow very funny. It's, I appreciate it. It's very funny, right? She was having a very sweet conversation. She was trying to engage them all. She said, pizza, I think they're some of the best things to make. It's such fun. Cheese, what you put on them. And this is totally what I would sputter if I found myself at a table with like eight different cameras recording on me. Yeah, These kids aren't going to you know, necessarily be doing any heavy conversational lifting. It's such fun cheese. It's like not necessarily the most dynamic, but I appreciate that she felt like she had to say something to keep the conversation going with these kids. It was almost like a cooking show because they're not (laughs) adding in, doing any sort of commentary. So she's left to kind of like make awkward narrative while rolling out this pizza dough. It was kind of funny to see. But definitely the star of this appearance was this girl Well, there were two stars, I would say. There was a little boy next to Kate, who we'll get to in a second. But the girl across from her asks Kate sort of, I mean, this is an amazing journalistic query. Has the queen ever had pizza? Which immediately was, to me, a fascinating question. I mean, trying to imagine what the queen would do confronted with pizza... Would would you have guessed she has or hasn't? I mean, we would have named this girl Time Magazine's, like, Person of the Year just for coming up with this question. Give her the Pulitzer. (laughs) But Kate's response was very cautious. But it was also like she really enjoyed the question. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And it's one of those rare moments where you feel like you're actually getting a genuine reaction. So her response was to the question of has the queen ever had pizza, Kate Middleton said, You know, that's such a good question. I don't know. And I would say, Julie, she definitely had a lot of enthusiasm in responding. I don't know. Maybe next time I see her, shall I ask? And I don't think she will follow up with the queen, but... Maybe wish, she wish will. she would. Wish she would. Wish she would. Maybe this will be enough of a because this got picked up by so many sites. Maybe the queen will bring it up even as like a little joke or something. Right. I feel like she could bring it up. Just say I was at this appearance. It's a way for her both to earn that goodwill from the queen. It was you know part yes. of yes. It reminds me of the sort of thing you would bring up actually in a strange way with a grandparent or grandparent-in-law. Like funny story. Queen, I don't know how you you would approach it. I feel like you're always looking for conversation topics. Um, Anyway, uh, so then this boy next to Kate, who was very enthusiastic, I think Kate asked what are toppings that people like. And then this kid suggested cucumber. And she drew back. Like, she was not expecting this answer, but she was repulsed by that topping suggestion. She really was shocked and horrified by the notion of someone. I mean, I had never heard, had you, of putting cucumber on pizza? No, maybe zucchini. Maybe maybe he froze up. Like, God knows what we would have blurted out had we been asked the same question. You're around Kate Middleton. You're already nervous. Your parents have been telling you all week, probably, you're about to make pizza with the princess. Maybe he didn't mean cucumber. Oh, my God. Pizza with the Princess, his future memoir. You can take that title. I know. Um, I don't remember how it got to this. Did someone ask her what her favorite topping was? She asked what their favorite toppings were. Someone threw out cucumber. Then she recoils after the cucumber gets brought up. Then she says that she enjoys bacon on pizza. And it's this whole one-sided conversation because I feel like she's fully mic'd, but none of the kids are, so we can't fully hear what they're asking or responding. So true. We're only really hearing Kate here, but... I loved this explanation for why she likes bacon on pizza. 
She goes, this is totally unsolicited. It's not like the kids even like understand what's going on. She goes, it's like pepperoni, but not as spicy. I mean, I Julie, feel like, where, <laughs> how, like, break that down for me. She's never offered up any sort of commentary. I think that personally revealing. I agree. <laughs> I I somehow felt like this reveal about her loving bacon on pizza because it's like pepperoni but not as spicy is somehow the most like signal into her soul that we've <laughs> ever gotten before. Right. It's unexpected. It's like kind of a metaphor for something. I don't know, like being a little cautious but wanting something a little daring. But also just saying something she really feels in that moment. Like what a bold opinion. I feel like Kate isn't necessarily known for yeah. – she she always toes a very careful line, doesn't step out of line with anything, follows the directions to the T. So I kind of like that we see this little shred of her personality. And I just want to shout out because why not – that when I posted about this from, I can't remember if it was from In the Limelight or whatever, some account, Oscar Meyer Wiener reached out to me to say <laughs> that they loved the Duchess of Cambridge's royal proclamation that bacon is the best pizza topping. They couldn't agree more. How soon until you and the Vanity Fair team try this combo? And they want to send along frozen pizzas for I guess you and me to try with Oscar Mayer bacon so Julie we should have actually I wish this email had come in earlier so we actually could have tried it together oh but, my god was this a DM or was this just a, a full mention? on email no any a oh, publicist wow. reached out so the bacon industry is latching on I imagine Kate is reading the same email at her own inbox agreed she really let loose, though, at this appearance. One kid asked, he said, like, here's my real question. And it felt to me very much like his mother had been scripting this line mm-hmm. for weeks. He asked when he could get to see her kids. And she kind of loved that prompt. She went into a full thing about how her kids, George and Charlotte, are at school. They will be so jealous that she was making pizza with essentially these strangers outdoors. And she said they're learning about space. She also dropped the name of the school that they attend. Yeah. I feel like she really was. I I 100% agree with you. It's very rare. You see her this relaxed. I thought it was interesting that she said that she wishes they could be there studying outdoors. um, As if this would be like like a, a field trip sort of learning mission for them. But I was surprised too. She was really divulging a lot. I mean, like, if we were going to interview Kate Middleton next week, I think we would throw her a rolling pin, a block of dough. We know what it takes to loosen her up. I think it's something about working on this, like, crafts-like activity that really loosened her up or something. Did you see that article about how she entered some sort of gardening competition? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like she's really exploring her different... Uh, interests and pursuits recently. Right. She's working with like three professionals to come up with a design that reflects her memories of childhood, nature and childhood. Whatever it is, I'm loving it. I want to do something like that. I know. I love 2019 Kate. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this many times before, but I feel like all the spotlight and emphasis on Megan and sort of the tabloid reports and the what's going on with the two of them I feel like maybe in a weird way has almost freed her up a little bit right can we talk a little bit let's jump into Megan it's very interesting to me because Kate had this appearance it seems like Megan had an appearance right before right after and then to the day we're recording this they're also doing 
double appearances. Kate and Megan have been out and about this week in a way that does seem a little bit like they're not syncing up their schedules because it does seem like they're both doing things at the same times all the time this week. They're really front-loading the royal appearances this year. Um, But so there was big news with Megan. We already know that she has lost, I guess, two assistants now or is in the process of losing them. And now her bodyguard is leaving. A Scotland Yard source revealed the well-respected and brilliant bodyguard was leaving for personal reasons, which have absolutely nothing to do with the Duke or the Duchess. But it has been reported Meghan's desire to be seen as one of the people has presented challenges to her protection team. An insider told the Daily Telegraph, even though she was a famous actress, she could... Which, like, pause there. (laughs) It's always such a funny thing to me when they bring it up as if she was, like, Angelina Jolie before marrying Prince Harry. Like, she did not need full bodyguard protection back when she was just on Suits. Okay, unpause. (laughs) She could still do what she wanted in the way of getting around freely. But in her current role, she can't go anywhere without her protection team, and that's a massive constraining force on an individual like her, Josh. I love the way you delivered those last (laughs) three words. A lot of you DM'd us about this. A lot of you tweeted us about this, this whole bodyguard situation. It got a lot of press attention, I feel. It definitely comes after, as we've noted, the um, two aides who have left, in some level, it feels like a where there's smoke, there's fire thing. But on the other hand, I feel like we don't know enough. I don't know. It's, it's It just feels to me like all these reports come out with so little context that I don't know enough how much to draw this being something about what Meghan and Harry are doing or if it's about just this is the natural chorus of things. But I do know that the fact that this was the first female bodyguard was a really big story. Right. The only insight we have really is Princess Diana's former bodyguard, Ken Worf, kind of speculated that maybe a trust had been broken between the two women over the incident in Fiji, where Megan had to cancel an appearance kind of a few minutes into it right. because of a security concern. Yeah, I don't know. To me, a bodyguard leaving is a little different than an aide leaving. I feel like an aide or an assistant leaving is something about your personal dynamic. A bodyguard feels a little bit like there's other factors at play. Especially because it was the first female, so you would think that they wanted to really champion her. Yeah. Interesting that they, I feel like this is the same thing as the famous Melissa Gate. We found out an aide was leaving, then a few days later, the identity. In this case, they're not revealing the name of the bodyguard, but I'm curious... I guess they say it's for security reasons, so maybe we'll never find out. But I'm wondering if the Daily Mail is working assiduously on that scoop. Oh, you know, they have like 15 people on the story. But it is interesting that in the official statement, they describe this bodyguard as like extremely well-respected, brilliant. It almost echoes the statement about the personal aides. Yeah, we need these people writing recommendations for Julie and my LinkedIn pages. (laughs) Uh, They get these glowing reviews when they leave working with Meghan. Right. I mean, so Ken Worf, Princess Diana's former bodyguard, said, when you're working in royalty protection, you are in a very intimate role with the principal. There has to be some time to work out chemistry of the relationship. And if the protection was found to be wanting in Fiji, then that can't be help. Someone also told People, the Duchess is gutted. 
So the officer is also upset as she didn't want to leave the team. It makes it seem like she didn't have a choice in the matter. That is weird. So then what's the implication? I don't know. It also just seems like if they're going to leak this much information, they could have easily made it seem as like, you know, because she's moving to Windsor. Exactly, moving to a different location. Right, or just because there are these changes in her personal life. I don't know. That is interesting. I feel like they immediately quashed this story, though, by Megan making an appearance the next day and kind of leaking is the word I'm going to use, but it's, I guess it's just deciding to reveal that the child is due in April or May. Right, which and, no one gives out this sort of information. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like she was almost there on a single mission to, to give change the, exact, the narrative. Yeah. Right. Like, Very chatty. She was, I think, just talking. Someone mentioned the, the baby name of Amy, and she was discussing. She said that's a beautiful name, but she, Julie winced at the name Amy. Like, you would think I just said, like, Satan or something. I feel like she was trying to, like, create new stories about, or maybe it wasn't that intentional, but it felt like it really does change the narrative so quickly. Because I feel like the bodyguard stuff got pushed to the side because she's been making all these appearances this week. It's very suspect that she just went out into that crowd and kind of blurted Burned out, that. here's the, my, like, due date. The C-section is scheduled at 3 p.m. <laughs> like, yeah, come by. We'll do a lot Instagram Live from the hospital. There was an interesting, one of the royal accounts I followed, though, pointed out, I don't know, this seems like not the royal way of doing things, but they were wondering if, because she said something, she was hedging a little in the video clip, but she says April or May for the due date, and they were wondering if that was actually false information, and she's trying to do a decoy where she's saying that, but actually it's a March due date, or you know what I mean? Like she was trying to throw people off the scent. That would be too deceptive. I don't think the royals would do that because I feel... It's not like a Kardashian situation here. We're talking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything has to be a little bit more out in the open, I feel like. Right. But it was an interesting thought. Because people thought it was earlier. People were surprised that it was April or May. Right. And also the fact that she's going out. She's deliberately sharing this information that's going to make news. It kind of raised my eyebrow mm-hmm. that this appearance is like sandwiched between Kate's appearances. So even if yes. it wasn't just to neutralize the bodyguard information, it almost seems like. Exactly. And I feel like she could have done a vase of answers, and she definitely knows at this point how to play it either way. And she definitely was deciding to give specifics. Right. So, yeah, maybe it is partly that. Because one of the other stories that came out over the weekend, in addition to the bodyguard one, was related to Megan not going to Kate's birthday party, which, I don't know, I was thinking more about this actually this morning. Kept up at night thinking about this. (laughs) Um, So according to People, every year in January, Kate and Prince William celebrate Kate's January 9th birthday with a gathering at their Norfolk home. A group of friends stay at Anmer Hall. They take part in a shoot, meaning for Julie and me, that would mean like a fun photo shoot. In this case, (laughs) they mean they're killing animals. Um, And also attend church on Sunday with the Queen, who hosts them for dinner at least once over the weekend, which I thought was a really big gesture on the part of the queen to have people over for Kate's birthday. That's like an, I wouldn't do that for my dearest <laughs> friends now. And the fact that the queen's opening up her home to have like Kate's friends come by to have a bottle of wine. So 
Megan and Harry did not attend. And according to people.com, the guest list included William's old pals. I'm going to butcher all these names. Thomas von Strabenzee. We've read about him a bit, I think. A godfather to Princess Charlotte. James Mead, another one of Charlotte's godparents. His wife, Laura. Tom Barber. I love all these names. Uh, his wife, Davina, who was born Davina Duckworth Chad, which is like the name I want to adopt as my alter ego. William's distant cousin on his mother, Diana Spencer's side. Anyway, all these other friends, I guess, but not Harry and Meghan. And people we should note as this caveat, which is that it's not unusual for Harry and Meghan to miss the small affair out in the country. And they added this kind of interesting quote. They really loved Christmas and all had a wonderful time, the source said. I think the two women got on. They're definitely not best friends, but it was a really special time for them to all spend together. So, Julia, would you be offended if your brother and sister-in-law didn't make the 30-so minute drive to your birthday party? Do we think... One thing I thought about this morning was that it doesn't sound like Pippa was there. So, unless people just somehow missed out on that sighting. So... In that sense, maybe this isn't that shocking if, like, her own sister isn't there. It's not that crazy that her brother-in-law and sister-in-law wouldn't have come. It's just bizarre because they know that some detail about this is going to be reported. So wouldn't they, even if it was just to make it seem as though they were getting Things are on good. better? Especially after that groundbreaking Scrabble report after the holidays that they, you right. know, did some alliance building while playing Scrabble word games. Um, it does feel... Like, there's weirdly so much info about this party that we know the names of, like, five random civilians who went that they would have a sense this would get out there. Everything is so deliberate with the royal family. You would think that with this, they would at least deliberately... Do you think Meghan and Harry sent a gift, like a bottle of champagne or a fruit basket? (laughs) I don't know what they could send... She's also pregnant. Maybe she they didn't feel like making the track. No, I feel they have a whole team of people who I feel like it's their job to do this sort of thing. And just mm-hmm. if I'm working in the palace PR department and I know that Megan didn't go to the party, I would at least put out a memo about what they sent. Yes, good point. Like leak that info. I feel like it's not that hard for them to get info they want out there, out there. Right. There was also an amazing, which is probably 99% chance it's untrue, report over the weekend about how Megan kind of went unfiltered off on like she had had her fill with Kate and went off in a full rant that was captured on some mysterious recording. I feel like it's never going to come out. That, again, is like a fantasy fiction Someone sent us that link, and it looked from the headline as if you were going to get to hear the MP3, or you know what I mean? It, right. it, it was like secret audio recording of Meghan Markle ranting about Kate leaked. And then I was so disappointed to find out that there was no audio embedded yet. It was just about how there was an audio out there. Right. So if you have that audio, feel free to call in. God, I will never click on anything faster (laughs) if I see some sort of leaked Megan or Kate audio or something like that. I can't even imagine. No one, that will never happen. The palace is too good. All right. Should we break into some of these? We got so many good messages and DMs in response to last week's episode. And today, a lot of you guys responded about James Middleton so we talked last week about how Kate and Pippa's brother had made his Instagram public and it was getting a lot of attention. 
we felt kind of, I guess, curious about the timing. And then interestingly, the next day... It should be said that the Daily Mail was making a big deal out of his Instagram account as if he had just opened it up. They had a full report on it. Yeah, breaking down kind of the revelations, who he was following, who was in the photos. We discussed this last week, but it was interesting that after we were recorded, I think it was the next day... He wrote an op-ed or, you know, a first-person essay for the Daily Mail about his struggles with mental health. A soul-bearing essay. A very revealing essay. He name-checks his doctor. He kind of really gets into the minutiae, which shocked me, about sort of the ins and outs of what he's been struggling with. And he went MIA for a period of time where he acts as if, it sounds like, Kate, Pippa, Carol had no idea where he was. I know. It's like you know that the palace had to have read the statement, but it was surprising how much he gave away. From a royal adjacent family member or person, I guess Samantha and Tom Markle is a different case, but this is a lot. I was surprised at the level of detail. My reaction immediately, I just assume anyone who has some sort of tell-all on the Daily Mail is getting paid handsomely, but Josh pointed out... At the bottom, they make a point of this article to note that he did not get paid for the article. (laughs) It wasn't... I had not... I mean, as frequent readers of the Daily Mail that we are, I've never seen this kind of disclaimer at the bottom. It said he wasn't paid, but a donation was made to a charity. Like, I think one of the mental health charities that he was mentioning or had talked about. But it's just, like, he could have given that to, like, Vanity Fair. He could have given that to someone else. I wonder why. It's interesting. The fact the choice of outlet was interesting to me because the Daily Mail is not known for their flattering royal coverage. I know. Maybe the palace was, like, doing some sort of favor. Maybe they had gotten a hand on that recording, and this was what was offered up in exchange for it not— felt, It felt like the backstory of this is— kind of the most interesting I'm very interested because I feel exactly like they could have gone to Time Magazine, Vanity Fair, Vogue like there's just so many kind of classy outlets they could have gone out to and it's surprising that he chose Tom Markle's like outlet. Also it came a few weeks after the Daily Mail or not even a few weeks, almost right on the heels of the Daily Mail running all these photos like long lens paparazzi style from the vacation that the Middletons went on with, like, James, Pippa, Carol, like, these kind of invasive photos. So maybe they had another photo that was showing him in some sort of compromising activity. And this was a way of managing that out. It's also interesting, we've obviously given so much airtime to Thomas Markle and the Markle drama. The Middletons have always been so private the whole time Kate's been in the mix. Or not, I don't know if private's even the right word, but just sort of not out there. And... Carol gave that big interview to The Telegraph, I guess, a month or two ago, which we talked about. And that was kind of unusual and seen as rare. And then now James is kind of coming out with his Instagram and with this piece. But there was some semblance of like there was an actual peg to Carol's because it was the 20th anniversary of her company or something. But this just seems a little suspect. He, He does mention Kate and William's work with Heads Together. Right that organization, but he did kind of bear a lot. It was a lot. Had the dogs being his support system, that he brought the dogs into his therapy he sessions. withdrew from relatives, from family members. And, and someone pointed out, and he says something about being in like a fugue state for all of 2017. 
right? And that that was like when Pippa got married and all these other occasions. You know, there's just a lot. It was a lot to unpack. Right. But in a more kind of fun, <laughs> frivolous <laughs> take on the whole James Middleton press tour, one of you guys DM'd us about a potential Kate Instagram <gasps> With the handle Kate Winnie. I would love that if that was the... And the Winnie could have been maybe seen as Kate Windsor. I got very excited when I got this DM. Did a little bit of sleuthing. Unfortunately, it looks like she is an events coordinator at a London nightclub. And if you kind of do some searching, you can find photos of this Kate Winnie. Unless Kate Middleton is doing a really intense subterfuge situation where she has someone oh pretending to be her out in the wild. Like a simple favor style yes. has some sort of yes. twin out there. But unfortunately, I do not think Kate Winnie is her, but that was a great tip. Another one of you guys sent us a, a photo screenshot of it's James Middleton holding up a champagne glass and the caption is a little pink champagne to celebrate and someone triangulated this, you guys are so good, uh, that this was the day Princess Charlotte was born. So he was toasting to Princess Charlotte. Was there anything else you could see in the picture? What? No, no. It was it was just him holding a champagne glass. Was it an actual glass, not plastic? <laughs> wow, Julie was going in for the... Was he at the hospital uh, or was he... No, 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 he wasn't. Okay. Um, but I almost want to like bring that up and double check. Another great little tip that I'd love if anyone has any other insight into is that one of the accounts he follows is Littlefoot08 with an underscore in between the little and the foot. <laughs> Can't believe the surgical precision this of which we're discussing this. I know. On these symbols. Someday there, the Museum of Natural History will be listening to this podcast. The account is under the name Cressida Bonus, like the actual handle. So that's not the, you know, whoever has this account uses that name. It's a little confusing because Cressida has her own public account. So the person who DM'd us was saying, oh, this is like her Finsta, her secret account. But it's weird because she uses her full name. But James Middleton, Chelsea Davey, they both follow her. So it would appear this is, I guess, her alternate account. Or did he just get it mixed up and he accidentally followed an unofficial Cressida? Maybe, of... but it's private. Oh. So whoever this is is accepting people to follow her. I'm curious what Cressida would be feeling like she could only post on this private account. I know. If anyone's friends with her. I know. If anyone's following the Littlefoot account, uh, let us know. I don't know. There's only about 400 people maybe who follow it. But that all of this is really interesting. Uh, I haven't posted anything since his Instagram got so heavily publicized. So I am curious if he's going to start actively posting stuff or what's going to go on. I really feel like because he is so private, he hasn't volunteered anything in the past that this was some sort of gesture of goodwill or something to, counterbalance. to like counterbalance something else going on. Right. right. The timing otherwise seems to make no sense. Right. It seems, yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Should we go through these DMs we got today? Yes. If anyone has more information, any sort of theory, we love hearing all of your opinions on this sort of stuff. So please call in. I guess a lot of you guys have been asking around similar things. A lot of you are curious about the due date speculation. I mean, I don't know why she would deceive anyone. Right. I feel like we have that marked on our In the Limelight calendar. We're counting down. This is an interesting question we got from 
Anne LW, do we think Megan monitors social media for feedback on her outfits and adjusts accordingly? I.e. her pop of color earlier this week. Uh, I'm sure most of you guys saw this. She wore like a purple and red combo, which got a lot of attention. And was immediately linked back to a look Diana had. Yep. And her bright, neutral, and super affordable H&M dress today. Julie, do you think she... I think she definitely monitors in some way. She gives off the vibe. It's just, she's just like very type A. Yep. And just kind of has a hand on everything. Doesn't quite trust her assistants to keep a monitor out. So I feel like she definitely does. The purple and red was such a, a striking color. Yeah, very choice. bright. I don't know. She she definitely has been having those Angelina Jolie neutrals going on. I wonder, do you think that was intentional I saw there was some speculation that the charity she was visiting used those colors in its logo I think more likely though is the Diana inspiration right I kind of feel like they're always at a in a losing situation the royals because anything they wear is going to be compared to Diana Mm. but this was just such a strange color combination combination uh, Caroline Steinholt wants to know what we think the name for Baby Sussex will be. We've discussed this before, but do we have any different thoughts, traditional or some with a more Hollywood taste? It's definitely not going to be as traditional as William and Kate's kids, right? Yeah, I think it has to be pretty normal, though. I could see them boldly just cut right to it, go for the name Diana. I feel like they can't do that, though. Right. Diana could be a middle name, maybe. Right. Do you actually think, Tori Aiden wants to know, do you actually think Megan wasn't invited to Kate's birthday party? We discussed this already. Do we, I think she was invited. I think she was invited, but again, something just kind of smells amiss with this just because given the pressure they're under right. to kind of make everything seem like they have this amicable relationship. There's no way that the possibility of attending wasn't made clear to Megan and Harry. Right. That's my feeling. Well put. <laughs> um, gosh, a lot of comments about the bodyguard situation, which we've discussed. Some people want to know if we saw the pics from the dog shelter today, which we did. And we are, need to put together an entire slideshow just of Megan yes. and these dogs. This is really hard-hitting. Uh, what are your feelings about how Megan's sleek bun seems to be replacing her messy bun? It makes me very happy, but curious on Josh and Julie's take. I know. I love that this is The messy kind of, bun has gone away a little bit. It's true. But I feel like it's this kind of barometer of how well <laughs> she's trying to fit in. Yeah. This is like an embarrassing admission, but I've been watching some episodes of the New Jersey Shore reunion. <laughs> and they talk about Ron's hair being reflective of his mood. And I was thinking about this with Megan, too. And I feel like that's a good barometer of, like, where you are emotionally sometimes. Oh, my God. I did not expect this <laughs> this episode to go no to Jersey No one has compared Shore. Megan to, like, a Jersey Shore <laughs> cast member in the history of time, and no one ever will. For those of you that are listening at this point who are horrified, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess I wonder if... Sometimes these things probably are very conscious. Sometimes they aren't. I don't know. I know. Well, right. I I like to believe it's kind of like her mood ring. We're very far from the days of the ripped jeans, though, and the casual sort of... um, But one one fan did write this morning, noticing that her hemline was a little small, or sorry, short. Yeah, I think so many good comments this week, though. That's just like a handful of them. I know. And just so this first... 
two weeks of the new year have really been rich, abundant, I guess, with royal appearances. So I'm just really curious to hear what you guys think of everything, what you think of the Kate and Meghan of it all. Yes, please let us know. I guess there's going to be a lot more royal appearances. Even the day we're recording this, Harry and Meghan are going to be, I guess, going to some like formal opera or sort of reception tonight. There's going to be a lot to discuss, as ever. She's really, she's keeping up the chorus load, so to speak. A lot of appearances. Um, All right, well, that does it for this week's in-person Josh and Julie, both in New York at the same time episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. All the feedback. Please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts to rate, review, comment. We really appreciate it. It helps us find new listeners and all that. And now you can reach out to us and leave us a voicemail at 347-790-0966. You can also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. Or follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. This episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you next week. And until then, no no bad bad energy. energy.